how can I deal with guilt and shame? That's what we're talking about this week and about the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, his shedding of his blood on the cross, and when he was pierced in his side. The scripture tells us that blood and water came out together, and there was a significant reason for that. The blood and water coming out together are tied very intricately to an Old Testament promise concerning the death of the Messiah and what his sacrifice would accomplish, what it would result in, the removal of our guilt as well as our shame. We're going to get back into the message now. How can I deal with guilt and shame? Then you get into a state of where people get into a hard, as the scripture says, a hard heart. Where Jesus describes the seed of the word falling on a hard heart, and that's like hard sun-baked ground and it can't penetrate it the seed can't penetrate it it can't grow and the birds come which are pictures of satan they just come and steal the seed away never even has an opportunity to do anything in the heart of that individual as believers as followers of jesus there is legitimate guilt and shame when we sin it breaks our hearts we're, we're aware of it. We feel guilty. Holy Spirit convicts us. And we're ashamed of it. And Paul talks about legitimate shame when he's writing several letters. He talked to the Corinthians about they had, should feel shame for the way they were, some of the things that they were doing in the local assembly there. There's legitimate guilt and there is legitimate shame when we do sin. But once we have confessed, we've agreed with God. We said, yes, Father, I agree that was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. We thank him for his forgiveness. That guilt and the shame associated with it should be released from us. We're released from it because there's no need for it anymore. Because we know we've been forgiven and we acknowledge what Christ has done for us. We thank God for his, his forgiveness and his cleansing in Jesus. And we move on in our walk and we leave it behind. But so many People in the body of Christ have a hard time letting go. They have a hard time, especially depending on what they've done and how ashamed they feel of it. They have a hard time sometimes actually believing that God really has forgiven them. And God really does not hold it against them. And it becomes a spiritual plague form. It's a plague in their heart. It, be, it begins to, to cause all kinds of problems in their life. And see, when we talk about guilt, guilt really can be defined as a, the fact or state of having committed some offense, some crime, some violation or wrong, especially against moral or spiritual law. Sin. We've done something contrary to God's will. We've said something. We've acted in a way that was contrary to God's 
best, and we feel responsibility for it. There's remorse that we feel for it because it was wrong, and we know that. Shame, on the other hand, is that sense of feeling less than, unworthy, a feeling embarrassed or humiliated that comes from our awareness or perception of having done something dishonorable, immoral, improper, or wrong. Both of them are emotional things. We, both, we feel both. But they're two distinct things. Shame is the result of guilt. And like I said, when we legitimately do something wrong before God, we are aware of it and we know we're guilty. Can't run from it. Sometimes we try to make excuses for it. Try to justify sometimes even what we do or say. But there's no legitimate way to do that before God. And then there's shame that's tied with that guilt. But Paul makes it clear in Romans 8, 1, that we no longer are in a state or need to live in a state of condemnation before God because when Christ died, just like the scapegoat, just like what happened in here on the Day of Atonement, when the blood and water were poured forth, my sins, your sins, the sins of the whole world, the scripture says, were all paid for. All of them. And forgiven. God forgave in Christ. And now we stand in a position of simply having to believe that truth to enter into the reality of that forgiveness. So therefore we no longer, when we do believe the gospel, have to live in a state of condemnation, guilt, or shame. We have been forgiven and we have been cleansed by the blood of and the water of Jesus. Now I want us to run through a couple of scriptures real quick and show you there's this pattern, blood and water, blood and water, blood and water, that deal with guilt and shame. Let's look first of all in Ezekiel. We've seen this passage, Ezekiel 36. And this is the promise of the new covenant in Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36, verses 25 through 27. Notice what the Lord says. Now notice, this is important. <laughs> then I will sprinkle clean what on you? Water! And you will be clean. I will cleanse you from how much of your uncleanness? All your uncleanness. And from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit within you. I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you'll be careful to do all of my judgments. I will cleanse you. Now, Paul builds on this. Paul, again, gets an understanding of it. Look over, if you will, in Ephesians chapter 5, when Paul is talking about marriage and the husband and wife and it being a picture of Christ in his church. Notice the language Paul uses here in Ephesians 5, verse 25. 
Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, the gospel. That he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless, not guilty. He sanctifies us. That means he sets us apart. How does he set us apart for himself? Paul says he cleanses us. He washes us. And we're holy now before him. And then go from there over to the book of Titus. Right after 2 Timothy, there's Titus. And Paul again, writing to Titus, makes a powerful statement about this cleansing. In the third chapter of Titus... And verse 3, he says, For we ourselves also once were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, despicable, hating one another, guilty. We're on a state of guilt and sin. But, little words are important, remember. But, when the kindness and affection of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. He rescued us. Not by works, which we did in righteousness, but according to His mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. The washing of regeneration, cleansing from shame and from guilt. We'll continue talking about this tomorrow. May the Lord's grace and peace be yours in fullest measure today. Have a super blessed day.